Hello, hello, beautiful, wonderful people. Welcome to Philosophy with Z. I'm so glad that you're here with me again today as we continue on our positive intelligence journey. And today we're on chapter nine. We are almost done with this book and it's kind of bittersweet because I'm really enjoying going through this and learning about all the ways I can apply this to my life. Which is perfect because this chapter is work and life applications. So he lists like a bunch of them in here and I'm not going to go through every single one of them. But I will highlight the ones that I think are the most applicable to normal people's lives. Well, I guess my life. So he starts by talking about how a lot of businesses will do different kind of exercises to help do team building and help their uh, overall performance. But he says that they're not really sustainable because if, if you know, if you've been through any kind of programs like this, you'll learn a bunch of stuff and you'll be all gung-ho about it. You'll be all inspired and motivated and you'll make these great changes. And then a little bit of time will pass and they just kind of go away. That's been my experience, at least. And that's what people have talked to me about. And he says that it's basically because they, they're not sustainable because they're kind of just surface level changes. And his concepts, the positive intelligence concepts, the sages and the saboteurs and the PQ brain, all of that is like a deeper dive into yourself to be able to create some sustainable changes because it doesn't just target the surface level stuff, it kind of goes deeper at the root of things and changes your mind at the source. So he believes that there are three key pillars required for sustainable personal and professional development. So one is that you use a common operating system across multiple applications to ensure multiple payoffs and continuous practice. Two, expose and weaken the saboteurs who would otherwise negate any attempts at change and three build mental muscles not just insight requiring daily practice to build new neural pathways in the brain aka new habits so his positive intelligence operating system incorporates all three of those and of course he would say that, you know, this is his program. So he would say, like, you need all three of these. And, oh, it just so happens that my program includes all three of these. But as I've been going through this and, like, reading his book and talking to other people who have gone through this program. And, of course, I went through the program. It was, um, like, seven or eight weeks. And I had, like, a pod of four or five other people that were kind of my accountability partners. But there was like a whole app and there was like hundreds of us that were doing it. And I was really like seeing real time how it was making positive changes in people's lives. And it really makes sense because to have something that has um, longevity in my life, I needed to work in multiple ways because my like everything is everything. So how I do anything is how I do everything. So... If I have something that works for me financially, works for me um, with my physical fitness, works for me with my recovery, works with me with my eating habits and my work scheduling, 
my self-discipline, like that I can apply the same exact principle to every area of my life. And that's like honestly what I see with his um, program or his concept. So he begins with team building and I'm just going to kind of skip through the team building because I'm not really trying to build a team, but I'm just highlighting it in case you have a team or a work that you are attempting to build up or um, scale it or whatever the case may be. I, I read through it and sounds like some good stuff. It's just not, that's not what I'm doing. Um, and he talks about work-life balance. And I like this because I know often we we have so many things going on. We have so much work stuff happening and it's hard to make time for family sometimes. Although this isn't really my experience at the moment because my family doesn't live near me. So it's not really for me, but I think this could benefit a lot of people to know. Um, so we talk about the PQ brain and how you strengthen your PQ brain is through the PQ reps. And if you want to like follow some of his audio files, they're on positiveintelligence.com. But basically, they're just moments where you can ground yourself and be in the present moment. So he has physical ones where you touch your fingertips together. He has um, visual ones where you just observe your environment, not really judging or labeling anything, just kind of observing. Um, he has audible ones where you just listen to your surroundings. And he has other tactile ones where you touch something that's near you, like the place where you're sitting or the wall or something like that. So I really love these because they're so easy to do. It's just like 10 seconds at a time. And when you do these, it just takes you out of your mind and into your body. And that strengthens the PQ brain. And when we strengthen the PQ brain, then we are getting out of the survivor brain more often. And so he talks about how this is awesome and work-life balance because when you are with your loved ones, you can be fully present with them because you're, you're not like stuck on your phone or focused on doing other things or like thinking about doing other things like what you got to do at work or or whatever the case may be. So <laughs> that's funny. I say that a lot, whatever the case may be. That's one of my phrases. But but anyway, so when we um, are practicing getting in our PQ brains, then it helps impact our relationships with our loved ones because we can just be fully present with them. We don't have to worry about or think about the other stuff we have going on because that will all take care of itself when we're present with that thing we when we're with our loved ones we're with our loved ones we're not at work anymore we don't have to be thinking about work so i like this one because it reminds me that everything will take care of itself in due time and if there's anything work related that i think of while i'm with a loved one i just like write it down or put it in my phone and check it out later during work time and just return to my time with my loved ones. So, oh, oh, this is such a great part. Because he goes on to talk about multitasking. And, you know, people really think they're so great at multitasking. 
But it's kind of funny. There's a person in here, Professor Nas of, I think, Stanford. Yeah, Stanford. A group of Stanford scientists did a study on people who are multitasking. And he says that they're suckers for irrelevancy because they think they're doing so good at multitasking, but really they're like lousy at it. Like they're not really fully doing any one thing because they're bouncing around from so many other things. So I just encourage you to focus on one task at a time, even if that task is being with a loved one, because multitasking just kind of destroys your attention span and who knows what else is doing like I, I didn't do the study so I can't really say anything about it but as a person who multitasks a lot I can say that it's it's really it's really not as great as we think it is so I'm really practicing this concept not really for the purpose of being with a loved one but Mostly for the purpose of learning how to single task myself, do a singular thing at a time instead of going 12 different directions at once. So, yeah. So, moving on. Um, he has a parenting section. And this one's, of course, I'm not a parent, but this one's interesting because he, he's like, a lot of parents inadvertently micromanage their children. And they do it with the intention of wanting them to be happy and successful and stuff like that. But... He encourages parents to allow their children to make mistakes and learn from them and also teach them about sage and saboteur concepts because we all have those voices in our head that tell us to do one thing or another. The You know, the devil on one shoulder, the angel on the other shoulder. So if we can encourage our children to make their mistakes and learn from the consequences and not punish them or villainize them for making a mistake, but just show them that their actions have consequences and that they're allowed to choose what actions they take, then that could have so many positive benefits later in their life. Like, I can only imagine. So whenever I have kids, I'll definitely be applying that. Um, so moving on, he talks about solving complex problems. I really like this one because I feel like life is just full of simple yet complex problems and I think that humans make things more complex than they actually are because we're so intelligent and we just do the most <laughs> with our brain power so I like this because I'm learning to balance my mental energies better so like he talks about um like a computer scientist uses two kind of computers a serial computer which acts more like our left brain, which processes one thing at a time, and the answer is always the same. So A is fast and expensive, B is slow and cheap. Speed doesn't matter to me, money does matter to me. Therefore, I should take B. So very simple, very straightforward, easy to answer questions. And then on the other end, the other type of computer they use is a parallel computer, which acts more like our right brain aka our pq brain and the right brain or sorry the parallel computer processes a massively greater amount of data simultaneously in parallel tracks so it's capable of finding patterns and drawing conclusions that a serial computer could not even fathom couldn't even touch it 
So that's just so interesting because that's that like I see that like our lot my logical left side of my brain is very straightforward and then my right brain is like so intricate and complex and I just it's like inspiration and ideas are born from it that I couldn't like I could never think of I know that sounds crazy but like because it's coming from me but like I couldn't have figured this out because it's so abstract that's why my whole like my website is abstract logic because we are this beautiful balance and combination of two opposites but really one couldn't exist without the other within us because together they create our reality so it's just i feel like in our society that creative side that right brain isn't like loved and fostered enough so it's kind of weaker like i said before that it's like the left brain the the saboteur side the survivor side it's not bad it's just the survivor side is like um an interstate like a high-speed roadway because that's what that's what we're trained into thinking is just survivor mode and then like our right side is like this little dinky dirt road it's the it's a pathway it's definitely there but it's not used nearly as much or as often or um it's not fostered so it's just like we know it's there but we don't really even know how to get in touch with it and it's so cool because he talks about um how you can use this to improve your game like uh sports games and stuff like that and you could probably see this or relate to this for athletes who talk about being in the zone like they're just so into the game nothing else matters tunnel vision they're in that and it's funny because a lot of times they don't realize how they got there or how to replicate the experience but this whole like PQ thing is kind of how you can replicate being in the zone anytime. And it's like, it's like so important. I'm seeing that it's so important to practice this PQ stuff. And I really just see it as being mindful, just having moments of mindfulness throughout my day where I'm just like being present. I'm in the moment, like eyes closed and breathing or staring in space or just admiring the clouds or just like touching the person next to me just being fully present in the moment just brings me out of my mind and into my body and I'm not just like racing my thoughts aren't racing a mile a minute and having this steady practice gives me the ability to tap in to this this right side of my brain my sage brain more often when I need to do it because it's not it's not always about like a crisis or a challenge sometimes it could be just me getting in touch with me like he talks about you could use this to find meaning and purpose so like if you have a job and it's maybe not your passion you can still find meaning and purpose. Like he talks about some people who describe their jobs or their work in three ways. As a job, as a career, or a calling. And he actually found that people with the same exact job can see it from all three of those different perspectives. So it's really not about what you're doing, but it's how you're thinking about what you're doing. 
And I needed to read that because sometimes in my job, I really just feel like it's so pointless. This isn't my passion. I don't love this. It's not fulfilling to my spirit. But other some days, I really truly enjoy my day of work and the people I got to talk to, maybe the questions I answered, the people I got to help. Like, I have found that I can find meaning and purpose in anything I'm doing if I'm just coming from that perspective within myself. And it's just not normal. Like, I'm not constantly living in that space. So through these PQ practices, I am learning to exist from that space more often. But at the same time, when my saboteurs, my survivor brain comes in, I recognize that and I'm like, oh, okay, that like, I know what this is. I know what this voice is. I know what it's telling me. Like, sometimes I get really nervous about talking to people, especially at work, because they're just, they're in the zone. They're just doing their job. They're not thinking about nobody. They don't want nobody to talk to them. Cause I, that's how I'm at work sometimes. I don't want anybody talking to me. I'm just leave me alone. I'm doing my job. So sometimes I get nervous about talking to people because I don't want to bother them. And so I noticed that voice in my head that's like, no, leave them alone. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want to hear anything you have to say. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. That's, that's my, that's my judge. Just, just telling me that I need to protect myself, keep myself to myself so that I'm not rejected, so that nobody can hurt my feelings and so that nobody notices me. And I'm like, Nah, I'm not going to listen to that right now. <laughs> That's not true. I, I have great things to say. And if someone doesn't want to talk to me, that's not my fault. Like, maybe they're just having a bad day. Or maybe they're just deep in thought. Or whatever the case may be, like, it's not about me. So I'm just going to show up and do what I got to do. And honestly, usually it's a good interaction. And I feel good having done it despite the fact that I was so scared to do it. And that that continues on with his with his um, different applications, uh, working and living with difficult people. A lot of times I have to deal with difficult people at work. And so he has four key strategies on how to do this. Stop fuel one, stop fueling their saboteurs. Two, fuel their sages. Three, help them discover their saboteurs. And four, put boundaries around their saboteurs. So the the first one, stop fueling their saboteurs. That's just that the, the vortex that we talked about in the other podcast is when one person is in a negative vortex, you can get sucked in easily. So your saboteurs are fueling each other and it just kind of snowballs. So you can break that cycle by switching yourself into sage mode and not allowing their saboteurs to bring you into that mode so rise above and then the second is fueling their sages i like this one in particular because i notice a lot of people like to talk bad about themselves and all the ways and reasons why they're no good and so i like to highlight the things that they are good at and remind them that like they're not as bad as they think they are so I like to fuel their sages by just letting them know, like, you're okay, you're enough, you're, you're doing great. 
And the third one is help them discover their saboteurs. This one, I don't really, I'm, I'm not trying to really do that with most people. Because some people are not always ready to hear the truth. So I kind of feel like they should be on their own journey with that. But he does suggest that if you do that, it be in a group setting. So everyone can talk about their saboteurs rather than one person being singled out. Um, so I think that would be great for a group setting, like, um, like if you're a team leader at work or something. And the last one is putting boundaries on their saboteurs. So that one is just kind of funny. Like, he's like, this is the last resort, but it's basically like, you know, you have a person that's a control freak. So you give them one little thing that they can control. It's all theirs. <laughs> so he doesn't really like this one because... It doesn't diminish the saboteur power. It gives it a focus. So it's kind of bittersweet. But I love it. At the end of this this chapter, he says that, that everyone has the sages within them. And they're just basically waiting to come out from under the shadows. And that their sages could use my sages helping hand. And I just thought that was so sweet because I, I love that. I think that we are here to help each other and build each other up. It's like we're all examples to one another of what's possible, whether it be a good thing or a bad thing. It just is what it is. And so that's pretty much it. He has a couple more examples about health and dieting, managing stress, and it's just the same exact thing that that when we are focused on the the thriving part of our brains the the sage part rather than the survivor part we're basically always in upgrade mode like we're always in peace mode like when we are coming from a place of goodness within us then only goodness can come from that so i'm gonna just go ahead and wrap it up and i'm just looking through make sure there's nothing else i wanted to mention I will say real quick, he talks about managing stress. I mean, just remember that all stress is saboteur generated. So it's really not real. Whatever is happening, whether it's a huge crisis or a small challenge, everything is happening for your benefit. Everything is an opportunity and a gift. No matter how it might feel, remember that that feeling, if it doesn't feel good, that's coming from your survivor survivor sabotage area of your brain and you can switch it just take your moment do your pq reps and you can switch it into something positive and make it a gift or an opportunity for you so that's it next chapter is a case study leading self and team so it looks like it's just basically a story of how you can use all these sage powers in action. So that'll be cool. It'll be like I'm reading a story to you. So I look forward to that. So in the meantime, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with me again today. I greatly appreciate your love and support and showing up for me. And as much as this helps you, it helps me too. I am learning and growing in this process. Every time I record and listen to myself, so if you need me, if you want to talk, chat, if you need help with this or guidance or whatever the case may be, <laughs> wherever the case may be, my website is abstractlogic.me. 
and you can just fill out a contact form on there and I'll get back to you. Or you can just go to my social medias. They're also on my homepage on my website and you can find me there. All right, until next time, peace, love, and blessings, beautiful, wonderful people.